Happy New Year, South Park Church. Great to see you today. I'm Pastor Kyle Thompson. I want to thank you all for being here today, especially our guests who are with us, whether you're here in person or watching online or listening to our podcast. So we can say Happy New Year and thanks for starting out your new year with us. Missed you all last week as my family and I uh, took some vacation time, but very appreciative of Kevin uh, for delivering such an awesome message from God last week and, and getting us ready to make God the priority of 2018. Also, I'm excited today to announce our Christmas Eve offering totals. Uh, each year, we take up a special uh, offering at Christmas Eve. It's kind of our birthday present to Jesus since it's His birthday. Uh, and what we collect, we give away to two specific ministries. We split it right in half. Uh, and so this year, our offering is going to go half of it. It's going to go to New Story Church in Winston-Salem. Uh, this church is doing fantastic ministry, reaching people who are far from God. And many of them are living in poverty or battling addictions to alcohol or to drugs. Uh, and they're going to take the money that we give them to start a free medical clinic in their community for people who don't have insurance and don't have access to health care. The other half we're going to give to the uh, Valentine Rotary uh, International here in Charlotte, and they're going to use that to partner with a nonprofit, a Christian nonprofit called Water Mission, to bring clean water to several communities in Haiti. Uh, and with the Rotary International, every dollar we give them, they match it with 250. So our dollar becomes 350. So. Without further ado, I'm glad to announce that we broke our record for Christmas Eve offerings right at $60,000. And so let's give God some thanks and praise. We're right at 59.4, and so I'd love for us to bump that up to 60 if you want to give a little bit more to get that extra $600 in so we can give 30 and 30. Uh, so that'll be uh, 30 to New Story Church, and then our 30 becomes $105,000 uh, for Haiti to bring clean water. I am so proud to be the pastor of such a generous church, literally helping to save people's lives physically and spiritually. And so I want to thank you for your generosity. Also very excited uh, that we're beginning the story today. We'll be going through this the entire year, digging into God's Word, the Bible. Uh, we're going to break it up into some mini-series and, and to keep it fresh. And we're going to take a, a couple weeks off here and there. But we're, overall, we're going to spend the entire year reading the Bible together. And this study was put together by two pastors, Randy Frazee and Max Licato. Uh, and they just did an awesome job. And we're going to kind of tailor it to a South Park Church kind of a feel. But it's all about God's Word. And so I, I'm excited excited about that. I want to jump in today and let me just invite you to begin uh, by joining me in a moment of silent prayer uh, that I would deliver God's word today, that we would hear it and allow God's story to be part of our story. Let's pray about that together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, we probably want to understand the Bible, God's Word. Maybe we've heard, you know, a pastor or a church leader sometimes say, you know, if you want to hear from God, all you have to do is read the Bible. We want to all uh, hear God speaking to us through a burning bush like Moses or hear God audibly like other people in the Bible. But that if we want to hear from God, that we should read the Bible because it's God's Word spoken to us and it's accessible for everyone. 
And so if you're like me, you know, maybe we sat down one time, we tried to start reading the Bible and starting in the first book of the Bible, Genesis, just open it and there it falls in and start reading Genesis. And, you know, that's okay. There's some neat stories in there, albeit, you know, admittedly, some of them are a little weird, but you get through Genesis and Exodus, there's a lot of action, but then you get into like Leviticus and all of a sudden, you know, you're falling asleep, trying your hardest to stay awake and it's getting all these weird kind of laws. And there's a lot of laws in there about, you know, killing animals and, you know, maybe we're PETA people. And that kind of offends us. And, you know, there's weird laws about marrying your dead brother's wife. And so we kind of, you know, skip ahead of that. And then there's a lot of violence in the Bible and, you know, Joshua and Judges and some of that. And we're not sure if we want to stick around with that. So we jump the New Testament and it's a little bit better there. But there's some, some crazy things that we're supposed to believe when we read that, like the virgin birth and people walking on water and the blind seeing again and even the dead coming back to life. And so we're just not sure what to do with the Bible. We want to hear from God. We want to read the Word of God. And some of it makes sense and some of it we agree with and some of it's just too weird or too difficult to understand and we don't have training in it. And so we, we kind of give up on it and, and we just, just let, kind of let it fall to the wayside. But your presence here today, whether you're in person or watching online or listening to us on a, on a podcast, it indicates that, that, that there's some sort of interest in maybe connecting with God and maybe connecting with the Bible and, and how, you know, how to understand it in a way that makes sense. And, and more importantly, how the Bible relates to our lives and how it can help us live our lives and live better lives. And so that's exactly why we're going to spend a whole year reading through the Bible, you know, the greatest story ever told. That's why we refer to it as the story. It's, it's a love story. It's a story between about us and about God. And so I'm glad you're here today as, as we begin to introduce what we're going to be doing. And, you know, when we think about the Bible, we obviously have one book and we can carry that around with us. But ultimately, the Bible is really a library. There's 66 different books in the Bible. And there are 39 Old Testament books, 27 New Testament books. And, and they were written, you know, in the course of somewhere between 1,500 and 2,000 years, depending on when you want to say the first thing was actually written down and written across three continents in at least three different languages. And none of them are English. And so that, that adds to some of the complexity. But yet all of that diversity, there's one common theme that we're going to see again and again. And the Bible tells amazing stories about life and death and love and hate and, and miraculous things that happen. And, and there's history in the Bible and there's poetry in the Bible and there's action and there's narrative and, and there's theology, right? God thinking, God talk in the Bible. And there are many authors who are responsible for the Bible. We believe that God inspired people like you and me uh, with these words of Scripture that, that were meant to be passed on. And some of them began as being passed on through written word. And, and most of them began with just oral storytelling and passing it on from one generation to the next and then finally writing it down. And, you know, we could spend a ton of time, many Sundays, talking about the original manuscripts and, and should we believe in those manuscripts? What's the veracity of those kind of things? And, you know, I'm glad to talk to anybody offline about that. But, you know, what I really think it comes down to is we think about the Bible being the Word of God and what we think about it and is it true or is it not and how do we judge that? I think the simplest thing to do when we think about the Bible and understanding it and, and, and judging it or, or whether or not it's trustworthy is to read it ourselves. 
we, we probably hear a lot of people talk about, well, the Bible says this or the Bible says that. We did a whole series on what the Bible didn't say that people say that the Bible does say. But, but when we get to it and we, we push through it and we read it, the best way to do it is to read it ourselves. And so I want to thank you for being here and being open to doing that together. So we're going we're gonna to dive into that. So today, I just I want to read a couple of passages from the Bible. Uh, hopefully that's appropriate today. And so uh, about why the Bible was written. Uh, so if you have your Bibles with you or if you want to look on the screen or if you have your tablets or, or your phones, uh, we're going to start in the New Testament in a book called 2 Timothy. Uh, this is a letter that a man named Paul, who was one of the early apostles in the first century, wrote to a young preacher who's up and coming and he's just doing amazing things. His name is Timothy. This is the second letter that Paul's written to him. And this is what he says about the Bible. All scripture is God-breathed, right? So God has inspired it. God has inspired and, and told it to people. It's God-breathed and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Righteousness is right living, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Right? So the Bible is to tell us what it means to live a righteous life. And those of us who follow Christ, what it looks like to, to be a Christ follower. That's a very important reason the Bible was written. And then we go to the Gospel of John. It's the fourth book in the New Testament. Gospel means the good news of Jesus. John was one of Jesus' 12 disciples. And this is why he wrote his gospel about Christ. He says this, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. So John says that the Bible's written to tell us that life's about a relationship. It's about a relationship between us and God, especially as mediated through His Son, Jesus, and that when we have this relationship with God, that we will have life life to the full while we're on this earth and life eternal in the heavens when we die. And so the Bible is to remind us that we're to be in a relationship with God and that's a good thing and that we can live righteous, holy lives to the full. So the Bible is a, is a book, it's a story about our life and how our stories are part of God's larger story. So maybe another way of thinking about that is, let's say that uh, we wanted to get away from uh, this cold weather here in North Carolina today. It was like nine degrees this morning. Special shout out to our setup and takedown team for getting up early this morning and, and making this all possible. You guys and gals are, are my heroes and that's incredible. So we go down to the Caribbean, we hang out there for about a week or so and, and that's nice and warm. And then we get back on the plane and we all fly to Paris in France. It's gonna be cold there too, probably this time of year, but but, but we go to the Louvre Museum, right? It's this famous world museum that has all these masterpieces, Rembrandt and Monet and, and all kinds of folks, you know. Now, you know, if you're from the southern part of the U.S., we might pronounce that the Louvre because that's how you spell Louvre, Louvre, but it's really the Louvre, right? So we get over there, we talk the right proper French, we go to the Louvre and we find our way down through the halls to the Mona Lisa, uh, that Leonardo da Vinci painted. And uh, we got a picture of that. And it's like a $700 million valued painting, probably the most famous painting in all the world. And you can see, you know, just the throng of people that are trying to take a picture of the Mona Lisa. All right, so it's this beautiful individual painting. 
And we wander down the halls and we see all these other Rembrandts and again, Momets and, and all these things, these masterpieces on the wall, all unique to the painter and the time period that it was going on. And, and we just have a great time and have these individualized experiences. And we kind of hang out with the paintings that, that, that connect with us and maybe skip some of the other ones. Well, then we get on the plane, we fly to Rome, Italy. Hopefully it's warmer there. It's a little more in the Southern climate down in the Mediterranean. And uh, we get off the plane, we we take a taxi and we go to the Vatican City, right? The Vatican's its own kind of country. And then we go into the Sistine Chapel, like this big church there. And we look up on the ceiling and we see this beautiful painting by Michelangelo. Right? And it's just this, this gorgeous mural that tells like the, the whole history of the world up to the point that he painted it. And most of it is from the Bible. And it starts with God reaching out with his finger and giving life to Adam. And so it's, it's a masterpiece, but it's different than the Mona Lisa. The Mona Lisa is like a one-off you know, picture of this woman. And, and then the Sistine Chapel is this beautiful mural that tells a grand history uh, of, of all the world. And so two incredibly different but awesome experiences. And so the the way I would invite us to think about this is that that our lives on earth, we're we're kind of like the Mona Lisa, right? Your story is your story. My story is my story. And and we each have our own painting in, in the great museum of the world. And maybe in our own houses, if we were to put our lives into pictures that we'd have, you know, individual paintings. This was me as a child. This was me when I got married. This was me when I got my job, right? We, we have our individual beautiful masterpieces that are us, our lower story here on the earth. And then when we think about God's story, right? God's is kind of the upper story, the bigger picture that shows how everything in the world relates. It's kind of like the Sistine Chapel. It's this big, beautiful mural about how everybody's individual stories, your Mona Lisa, my Mona Lisa, God takes all those stories, all those pictures and makes it into a grand mural and weaves everything together. That's what the Bible does. It shows us how our everyday lives are important, but that they're not isolated, that that your story is part of my story and my story is part of your story and our story is part of God's story when we allow God into our lives and, and we see how he is unfolding his plans for the world to reconcile himself with all of us. And it's a beautiful story. And so our stories are no longer small or, 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 or meaningless. They're, they're not isolated. Our stories are part of something bigger than who we are. And the Bible helps us understand how it's always been that way and how our stories are part of God's story. So that's the really cool thing that we're going to discover in reading the Bible together. So when I was a sophomore in high school, we were about 15 years old, I was dating a young lady and her name was Susan. And I love Susan. I, I fell for her pretty quickly. And uh, I, I was a 15-year-old teenager. And, you know, you know being in love as a teenager, it's pretty intense. It's awesome. And there's a lot of passion and there's a lot of feeling. And, you know, I, I would be on a date with Susan. I would come home and it'd be a great time. And, you know, I just, I'd thank you, God, for letting her be a part of my life. And, you know, God, I know we're young, but, it, you know, if it's your will, you know, God, please let this relationship and my love with Susan last for forever, right? It's, this, is, this is awesome. So that was my prayer, right? And so my relationship with Susan lasted about six months. And so uh, then I started dating Mary. 
And I dated Mary for the rest of high school. We dated for like two years. And uh, I love Mary. And, and I, I just really love Mary. And, and we, we had our ups and we had our downs. And we had the, you know, the, the, the fights, you know, and the passionate fights. And then we made up with each other. And, you know, it's just, it's just, just that powerful time of your life. And just, I truly loved her. And I, I was praying, God, Right Again, we're young, getting ready to go to college. If it's your will, let us stay together. Let this thing last forever. Because, you know, I know people that were high school sweethearts and, and, and they grew old together. And it's a beautiful thing. Some of you, high school sweethearts, and it, it continues. You know, Cole, our worship leader, Savannah, right? High school sweethearts, college sweethearts, and, and they're rocking out. They're getting married, right? I wanted that for me and Mary. So I went to college and pff, it all fell apart, Right? <laughs> Just it did, right? So, so uh, you know, freshman year, I'm dating here and there, but then I meet this beautiful woman, this awesome inside, outside, beautiful woman named Cindy, and we dated for three years, right? Sophomore year, junior year, senior year of college, and I loved her, and, you know, each relationship, you know, you grow from that, you learn from that, and the next one becomes more mature, and you build from that, and so we had our ups and downs, all this kind of stuff, and getting ready to graduate, and, you know, I'm like, God, you know, I'm not as young anymore. This would seem like the right time to think about marriage, and, you know, I love her so much, and if it's your will, could this last forever? And, you know, I was being called to be a pastor and to go to divinity school, and Cindy was not. And that's okay, right? That, that wasn't her calling. And so we broke up and we shed the tears and, you know, all that kind of stuff and, you know, moved off in, in, into the Divinity School experience. And in the midst of all this, right, when I was 15, 16 years old in high school and all this started and, and my love for, for these young ladies was blossoming and blooming, 125 miles away, a young lady that I didn't even know existed on the planet and and she wasn't yet quite 10 years old. Uh, <laughs> her name was Laura. And that's who I ended up marrying. And that's who I've been married to for 13 years. And yes, I didn't rob the cradle. I borrowed from it a little bit. But uh, <laughs> we have two wonderful boys. We have an incredible marriage. We've been married for 13 years. And uh, she's truly my ministry partner. Right? I couldn't be in ministry without her. It wouldn't be what it is without her. And uh, I never would have known that right? if, if, I, if I'd have married Susan or married Mary or, or married Cindy. And, and, and those relationships were important. Right? Those were seasons in my life. It's part of my story, and I don't regret that. And, and I look back on those with fondness, and you know, I grew from those. And, and yet, what, in my lower story, I had no idea where God would ultimately be leading me. And, 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 the, and the time with those ladies was not wasted, right? But in God's upper story, God has bigger plans and he helped me to see that, you know? And it wasn't a surprise to me from my experience reading scripture to see how God has done stuff like that for, you know, Adam and Eve. And he had Abraham and Sarah to leave their homeland. He, he, he calls David at a young age to be a king and, and Esther to save her people as a queen and, and, and a, a carpenter and a young teenager to be the parents of, of God, right? When we read scripture, it helps us to begin to see in our lives that our lower stories are part of something so much bigger than who we are. And so if we want to understand our life better, then we need to understand the Bible, it's a love story between us and God and how God wants to use us in the world. And so, you know, I just, I really want to follow up on Kevin's awesome sermon last week about how he challenged us to, to make God the priority in 2018, 
right? We, we talk about God and what we want from God, but, but we've got to choose to make that a priority. And so here, here's how I want to follow up from that as we think about the story. Here's the big idea I really want to challenge us all to do is this year to commit to the story for us to commit to reading the Word of God together, specifically through, through the abridged version that, that Kevin showed you this morning and, and that we, we, we read that together. And there's three specific things that I'd like to ask us to do. The first is, is a personal commitment to say, I will read the story, right? We take the white book home and we read it. And it's awesome. And so we, they've taken out the chapter numbers and the verse numbers so that it reads like a novel. And if you want the chapter and verse, it's in the back, but there's time, timelines in there. But basically, we're going to read a chapter a week. And so for next Sunday, I want you to read chapter one and uh, be prepared. You know, the chapters are between 10 and 20 pages a week, which is not a lot to ask. Uh, and so, again, there are discussion questions in there. Uh, there's timeline. There's a glossary. There's a lot of tools within the book. So explore the book. But here's what I would invite you to do is, is before you read it, you know, go ahead and pick out, you know, kind of figure out what your routine is. You know, maybe for some of us, we'll read it all in one sitting or maybe we want to break it up. But, you know, maybe we do it in the morning or the afternoon, but you know, figure out a rhythm that works for us and, and begin though with praying. Say, God, I, speak to me by letting me read your word today. Right? Then read the this, read this story, underline stuff, highlight stuff, write questions down, say, hey, this bothers me. Hey, I don't understand this. And by the way, we're not going to understand everything. And we're not going to like everything that we read, but, but we're going to like stuff. We're going to understand stuff. We've got to keep pushing through it, right? but we've got to put the effort into it prayerfully. Read it, then pray again, God, now that I've read it, speak to me throughout the rest of the day, throughout the rest of the week. Help me begin to understand what this means for my life. Okay, So I will read the story. Second thing to do is to make a corporate commitment, not meaning business, but corporate together, is that I will hear the messages, all the messages, right? So when we're studying alone, that's awesome, and God's going to speak to us, but there's going to be things that we need to come together and talk about. And, and you know, Kevin and Nancy and I, when we're teaching and preaching up here, we're going we're gonna to give you background and history and focus. And so it's important for us to come together to hear other things of their observations, other background about the message. And so We'll do that together. And then the final thing is to make a group commitment that I will then discuss the story with somebody, right? So I've read it individually. I've come and I've heard a message as a, as a congregation together. And, and that can be in person. It can be online. We'd love to have you in person if you can get here. But then to discuss it in a group, right? Wow, that was awesome. I love that. Wow, I still don't understand this. Wow, I really don't agree with that. You know, that we really begin to wrestle with that. And a group can be one of our official small groups or class studies. And if you're not in one, you know, stop by the Welcome Center. We want to connect you there. A group can be our family, right? So we're studying the story together. Our children, our students, our adults, we're all doing it. So it could be at the dinner table. It could be at lunch after we've heard the message together. Or maybe it's just you grab somebody that you see every Sunday and say, hey, you want to be a group? Let's have coffee after church, right? Let's go to Dean and Duluth. Let's go somewhere close by Starbucks and come to my house. We'll have something to eat, right? It's important for us to have a place to discuss this and to process this. So to commit to pushing through, to reading the story, you know, loving parts of it, wrestling with parts of it. But we, if we continue to do this together, good things are going to happen individually and as a congregation. So let's, we've got a summary slide up there. And I, I would just invite you maybe to, to say the commitments with me. So the personal commitment is, I will read the story. Right? The corporate commitment is, 
I will hear all the messages. And the group commitment, I will discuss the story. So I want to read just one more passage of Scripture uh, just to kind of wrap this up this morning. And again, this is another letter from Paul in the the New Testament. He's writing to a church. Uh, It's in Ephesus. And so he's writing a a letter to the Ephesians, you know, so their church was named after their community. Our church is named after our community. All right, so this is what he says. But we're God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Another translation of this is, for we are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So brothers and sisters, the Bible, Paul, is telling us that we are God's masterpiece. Now, Now think about that. God's created the universe and suns and stars and planets and sunsets and waterfalls and oceans, and we are God's masterpiece. Remember that picture of the Mona Lisa Right, can we draw that back up just one more time where, where all those people are just, you know, gawking, gaping, gazing at this, this, this work of art, right? So imagine that you and I are the Mona Lisa and God's in the crowd and God is just saying, wow, I love it. I love it, right? Because we're God's masterpiece. That's just, that's so humbling. And at the same time, you know, we should be in awe that the God of the universe, right? If God was stationed somewhere in a museum that we'd be in that crowd and we want to just get as close as we could to God, right? God's saying, right, there's no barrier. I am here for you, right? And so the story, the Bible is a love story. It's a relationship. And God's saying your life matters and you're important and there's nothing unimportant in your life and and, and I want to be in a relationship with you, right? That, that's what it's all about, right? So you and I, we are part of the greatest story ever told. I'm so excited that we get to discover what that says together. Our lower stories are part of God's bigger story. So please get the book, read it, come back, and we're going to discover together how our story is part of the greatest story ever told. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. This time I'd like to invite you just to get your communion packet out. We're going to get to this in just a a couple of minutes. Because this celebrates the greatest story ever told, and that's God sending His Son, Jesus, into the world. Because we're created in God's image, and that's a beautiful, wonderful thing, but we also do wrong things, and that brings guilt and shame into our lives and death and separation from each other and from God that the Bible calls hell. And so God says, that's not how I want the story to end. And so he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross and to come back to life so that all of our guilt and our shame and our wrongdoing and our death and our separation and our hell, that Jesus took it all upon himself and he defeated all that. And he came back to life so that you and I can be restored into a right relationship with God. We can be forgiven. We can have joy and peace rather than baggage of guilt and shame. We can live life to the full now and live forever in the kingdom of heaven. And that's the good news and that's the story. And so we are invited to be a part of that today. Let's pray about that together. Gracious and ever-loving God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for the Bible and all of it is about him and, and our relationship with you through him. And so, God, as we embark upon this journey, we're just excited. And we just ask that you would help us be ready to, to jump in this week and to begin to read. 
We celebrate today, God, the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. And we ask today that you would make this bread, the body of Christ, broken for us and, and this grape juice, the blood of Christ, shed for us. And God, we just ask now, right now, that you would hear our silent confessions of things that we've done against you or things that we've done against each other that we wished weren't part of our story, but that they are. And we just ask now, God, to hear our confessions and we ask for your forgiveness. God, we love you and we thank you. We invite you into our lives. We thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your story. In Christ's holy name we pray, amen. To receive communion today, you don't have to be a member of our church. You don't have to be a baptized Christian. Um, this is God's free gift for all of us. And what it is, it's a way that God gives us to open ourselves to God. And what it means when we receive it is we're saying, you know what, God, I want you to be a part of my life. I'm not perfect. I, I haven't done everything right in my life. I'm sorry for that, God, but I want you to live in me. I want my story to matter. I want my story to be a part of something bigger than who I am, God. So, so come into my life today. So if you'd like to experience that, if you want your story to overlap, to be a part of God's story, I invite you to, to peel back that top level layer there get the piece of bread and know that this is the body of Jesus that's broken for us. And then the next peel back will get us to the grape juice. That this is the blood of Jesus Christ shed for us. Would you stand and pray with me? Gracious God, we love you and we praise you. We thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice for us on the cross, that you defeated sin and death and wrongdoing and guilt and shame and hell, and that you give us life to the full, Lord, and joy and peace and the promise of, of life everlasting. God, thank you for writing our stories, and thank you that our lower stories overlap with your upper story. God, help us to dig into your word and help us to grow closer to you in the process. In Christ's holy name we pray, amen.